Have you ever sat down and thought that you were supposed to start a podcast? Have you ever wondered how you're going to do that and how that will work? Anchor.fm is the link where this podcast is recorded. It is so helpful, so easy to do. Now, come on, people. If I can do it, y'all can do it. I'm telling you what. So (laughs) go to anchor.fm, start your podcast, and follow what God is calling you to do. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Hey guys, welcome to season seven of the Anchored by the Sword podcast. Seven seasons. Wow. Just so grateful every day for what God continues to do through this podcast by bringing amazing guests who are willing to share their stories for each and every one of you who continually show up once to twice a week to listen to these episodes and for sharing them with your people, and most of all to God for just opening doors that I never thought would be opened. I'm grateful each and every day, and so excited for you to hear the story of the person on the episode today. So, let's do this. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to another week of the Anchor by the Sword podcast. I am excited today to introduce you to a new friend. This is Becky Leach. She is an author, speaker, and an artist. So I am really excited to dig into this conversation with her and for you guys to get to meet her. So Becky, thank you again for joining me today. Of course, Gina, I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Awesome, thank you. Can you tell my listeners more about yourself? Yeah. Uh, my name is Becky. I um, am an Instagrammer, a blogger, a writer, artist, um, and a brand new author. I just wrote my first book and released it called The Pivot, Believing God When You Really, Really Don't Want To. And um, it's just all about uh, the lessons that God has taught me through a healing journey, a journey I never wanted to take, never mm-hmm. expected to take. And um, all that he has done in and through me um, during that time. And so I just love to talk about Jesus and what he's done. That's basically all you need to know about me. But, <laughs> yes. Um, no, I, I, but I do, I live in Texas and um, born and raised here and with my husband and our three kids and yeah, everything. Um, I just turned 40 on Sunday. So we're ready for a new decade, a fresh start, and we're excited about it. Amen. Let me tell you, 40 is the best age decade, at least in my opinion, as of all the ones that we've went through. So, (laughs) so welcome to the club. Yes, it's amazing. (laughs) Welcome to the club. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you. So how did you get into all the things that you do? Well, um, I have been well, I don't want to say I've been an artist forever, but I have always drawn and painted. I took um, lots of art classes in high school and I majored in interior design and 
worked um, at a firm for a while until I had kids and then uh-huh. kind of did some stuff on the side. Um, and then, you know, as my kids got older and life, I don't want to say slowed down because it has definitely not slowed down. <laughs> it's just changed. I knew I needed like a creative outlet. And so I picked up the paintbrush and started painting for myself again. And uh-huh. it blew up a little bit in 2020 when everyone needed background paintings for their Zoom backgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> and so that is uh, kind of how that all evolved. And um, I absolutely love it. I can't ever imagine not painting or creating ever again in my life. And I have loved that God has used that as a tool to kind of untangle thoughts and words in my brain. And um, it's just like a relief to me. And it's, it feels like such a gift. Um, and then writing, I've always, um, I was never a good writer in school. <laughs> I struggled <laughs> through English. I struggled through any kind of thing like that. But um, I, I guess when my youngest was a baby blogs were a big deal they were like the new thing um Uh all the family blogs and I wrote incessantly I wrote all the time I journal and it wasn't even a journal it was like telling stories um Uh just about our life and our kids and I loved it so so much and I've just been writing ever since so um that's kind of how that starts (laughs) and now you have your book and now I have a book. <laughs> <laughs> Just so like that, Gina. That's how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> so in your book, you talk about your story. Uh, let's go ahead and get into that. Um, so I was from the ages of 12 until I left for college until 18 or 19. I was um, repeatedly uh, abused, molested by my father. And I did not tell a soul. So um, one thing I didn't mention was that my husband and I are high school sweethearts. We started dating when we were 16 years old um, Mm -hmm. and he did not even know. And about four years ago, four and a half years ago, I began to have a series of panic attacks and I was having all these physical problems with my um, back and neck and shoulders and jaw. Like I had physical, I felt like I was shivering all Uh the time couldn't breathe at some points in time. And I didn't know, I didn't correlate the two things. Um, but finally, when I decided that I was going to go to therapy, which is something that I harp on for everybody nowadays, right. Um, I walked into that counselor's office and, you know, she was asking me about my background or how I grew up. And really all I wanted to do was learn how to cope with stress in my life so that I didn't have (laughs) panic attacks ever again. And, and as she was talking to me, I finally said those words out loud that this is what had happened to me with my dad. And I didn't even at that point in time, there was so much shame. There was so much guilt. Mm -hmm. There was so much of me that had compartmentalized it and just denied the reality of the situation. So um, the lies that had run through my head, like he didn't mean it. He didn't know what he was doing. Um, it's my fault. I shouldn't have done X, Y, and Z, or I shouldn't have let him do X, Y, and Z as a child, you know, like stuff now that seems ridiculous, but at the time, even as a 36 year old woman was huge to me and a huge, Mm -hmm. um, 
a stumbling block for me. And so as I told her, she said to me, she said, Becky, you know, you are a victim. And I said, I don't want to be a victim. And she said, mm-hmm. I understand that, but you have to accept the fact that you are, like you have to deal with it or it's going to keep coming out sideways physically like it is now. So if you don't deal with it, it's going to continue to have this physical impact on your life. Mm-hmm. And it was um, kind of crazy the way anxiety and my past were connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I began to deal and process, deal with it and process it, the anxiety started to subside because I wasn't faking anymore. There was no pressure to um, be fake or to pretend like my life wasn't a complete and total mess, like everybody (laughs) else's life is, but we just do, you know, such a great job at pretending. And so um, anyway, the Lord has just really done a work in my life. And um, the book is really based off of the Psalms. So like when you're in the Psalms, you see David and the other Psalmists cry out to the Lord and like in agony and in angst and say, God, why are you allowing the enemy to prosper here? Why are you not protecting me? Why are you not um, fighting for me? Where are you, God? I don't feel your presence. Or um, you see David lament and say, I'm so, you know, please forgive me. I'm such a wretched sinner. You know, you see all of these things where they're crying out and they're not hiding from their emotions or from their past or from the things that are troublesome in their life. Mm-hmm. They're bringing them to the feet of Jesus. But each and every single time, I have not actually found one time where this has not happened. There is a, but there is a point in time in that scripture, that passage of scripture where David or the psalmist will say, but you are Lord are steadfast, but you or oh Lord are with me, but you are fighting for me, but I know that you have not left. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is, it was an aha moment for me because there are so many doubts I have, and it's even now, um, but over the past four years, there's been so many doubts like, God, why are you allowing this to happen? Why are you not fixing this? Why are you not making this easier? Why are you not parting the Red Sea for me to walk through on dry land here? Mm-hmm. And it is really, really easy to let your mind stay there and say, well, God must not be for me. God must not love me enough. God must not want to redeem this for me, but he's going to redeem it for, you know, all these other people across the street or next to me or whatever on the other side of the screen that you see. And what I realized when I was reading this passage is is it's a choice that we have to make a pivot um, from our circumstances, our heartbreak, our sin, our past, back to who the Lord is, the character of. And when we make that choice to believe that he is faithful, that his promises for us are good, that his purposes are good, that he will never leave us or forsake us, that he will fight for us. When we make that choice, even though we don't see it and we don't feel it, it deepens our faith. And it allows God to come in and do a work in our hearts that we wouldn't be able to experience otherwise. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy (laughs) and it's 
often messy, but um, it's just been such a huge blessing and transformation really for my faith um, Mm -hmm. to be able to be real, not only with myself, but with the Lord about where I'm at. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the overview. (laughs) (laughs) When did you come to Christ? Um, Actually, my father led me to the Lord um, when I was eight years old. Um, I was memorizing the 23rd. Mm -hmm. And um, there was just a moment for me when I realized that not everyone knew Jesus mm-hmm. and not re- not everyone believed in Jesus. And I just remember thinking, well, but I want a relationship with Jesus. I believe that he's the son of God. I believe that I'm a sinner. I believe these things want to commit my life to that. Mm-hmm. And so I remember, you know, praying the prayer, asking, you know, the Holy spirit to come live in my life. And, um, you know, obviously, For anyone who has come to the Lord at such a young age, there are ups and downs (laughs) to that. There's high school and college and mistakes and relationships and um, messes and periods of highs and periods of low lows. And um, so I totally experienced all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. But the last four years have been just a ride (laughs) with God where he's met me on, in the depths of despair and mm-hmm. given me peace, even in my heartache, you know, and it doesn't, what I want people to understand too, is it doesn't make the heartache go away. Mm-hmm. It's just gives you peace and comfort that is supernatural that really truly cannot be explained any other way other than I know I'm not alone here. And um, that's a beautiful thing to be able to experience. Mm-hmm. Wow, thank you so much for um, sharing that. Um, the other part of the question that I had was, as you were going through the things that you were going through and you, were, you just kind of hit on it um, by what you just said, but I just kind of wanted to dig a little deeper onto actually when you were going through everything, how was your faith? during that time? Oh, well, when I was experiencing the abuse, mm-hmm. um, I compartmentalized it like it was my job. So um, I, you know, my mom has even asked me since if I hated high school and I didn't at all. Um, it just, the only way to describe it is I just did not, it did not affect anything else in my life. I just had it so tucked away in a box that I was determined to be normal everywhere else. And that included church. And I loved Jesus. I loved the Lord. We did all the mission trips and youth camps and everything. I mean, the only way, yeah, the only way I can describe it is really just, I was trying my best to not let it affect or touch any other aspect of my life, whether that's friendships or relationships or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to keep it so separate. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't like a denial. Like I didn't think that it was happening. It was just, I was not going to acknowledge the magnitude. And so um, it was just in its own category. So it didn't, I, I mean, I think it's a miracle that it did not rock my 
faith in a way. I mean, there's definitely been moments where I've asked, you know, I've cried out to the Lord and asked him why he would allow it to happen and why he just wouldn't um, fix it. Because really the abuse is one thing, but the rejection of a father is a different thing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that is the thing that haunts me to this day. So the abuse, there's definitely lingering effects, but I really think the Lord has just really protected me from a lot that could have happened and, and, and could still be lingering. And, but the relational piece of the situation is what I am still in therapy for basically. Yeah. Yeah. How is that going? Therapy. Mm-hmm. And your um, family. Uh, well, um, so therapy is wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's necessary. Um, and I have a wonderful Christian therapist that I love so much. And, um, you know, I've been in and out of therapy for four years, but, uh, pretty consistent. I mean, even still, even though it's in and out, I'm pretty consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, just, you know, it's hard work. And so sometimes, it's not conducive to living life. Like for example, summertime when our kids are home and there's snow, um, where to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, uh, mm-hmm. not always the best to go to therapy and then have to come home and take kids to camp and kind of have to be right back into daily life. And so sometimes it's good or it's healthy for me anyway, to take a little break, um, during seasons like that. Um, but Family-wise, my siblings and my mom and I are, and our spouses are all incredibly close, um, Mm -hmm. but my dad and I have no relationship, Mm -hmm. uh, which is very sad because I, that was not my intention. That was none of, we did not want that to happen when we started to confront the abuse, but um, that's just the way it has to be now. So Mm -hmm. um, he's made it clear that he doesn't, he's not interested in a healthy relationship that acknowledges what the damage that he's done that's where that is first of all um you know I'm sorry that that relationship is you know broken um because you know that can be really hard to have you know families I think we've all gone through something where we don't speak Mm -hmm. to our families but you know nothing like what um you've gone through but I do love um, kind of tying this in what you say in your book where you say what if you can't move forward because you first need to let go and um, when you were talking about how you had to confront your father in front of your family can you talk about that moment so I told my husband pretty soon after I started going to counseling and then um there was a point in time where I had to let my sister who's younger. So I'm the oldest and so yeah. she's six years younger than me. And I had to let her in, um, her and her husband kind of in on what was going on. And then shortly thereafter, I let, you know, my brother in and everybody was incredibly supportive mm-hmm. and everyone believed me right off the bat. There was no, you know, everybody was wonderful, uh, mm-hmm. to me. Um, but we, after we talked to my brother, we had to decide, you know, what, um, how to confront my dad, whether or not to confront 
him together, you know, just kind of that. And I talk a lot about that in the book is right. how that kind of all went down. But um, yeah, so we, we ended up deciding that we needed to go do it together. And mm-hmm. um, I was, I don't ever want to forget that the Lord really showed up for me there because I didn't have to say a word. Um, yeah. I was very, I was really concerned that I was going to have to say, you did this to me. And, you know, that just felt insurmountable really uh, mm-hmm. in my mind. Like I just felt like I, I needed to do it, but I didn't want to. And so mm-hmm. my brother um, kind of brought it up and called the family meeting. And he said, you know, you have done something to harm someone in the family and we want to give you a chance to confess anything you need to confess before we get into the family meeting. And, and he did, and uh, he, you know, he said, yes, I, I hurt Becky and, you know, every, my mom was stunned. My mom had no idea. Um, but he, you know, he admitted to the very basic things that mm-hmm. he had done, but um, not much more than that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, after that, it was just really a long process of healing and walking through um, the addressing all of the, all of the um, scenarios, all of the different um, things that happened and took place mm-hmm. um, moving forward. So how have you moved forward and how has what you've gone through affected the trajectory of your life? Moving forward is really more just, hmm. I mean, I talk about it a lot. (laughs) I feel like one of the things that we have done as a family that's been such a wonderful transition is, you know, we don't do secrets anymore. So it's Mm -hmm. just very, everybody's very real and raw and deep. And when there's a problem, we address it right away. And when there's hurt feelings, even if it's not about, you know, the past, we talk about it and get it out in the open. And so that's been wonderful. Um, it's changed my life because I mean, I'm, I feel, um, a freedom that I've never experienced before. You know, I feel like a weight has been lifted and that I can just truly be myself and I can truly be who God created me to be. Um, and I think that that's refreshing to other people because what I've found is there's so many women, especially who feel like we need to have it all together all the time. And the reality is none of us do. Yes. And so, um, I think when you hear someone else say, I don't have it together and I'm struggling, it's a lot easier for you to also say, you know what, I'm struggling. It might not be the same thing, but I'm struggling too. And you can just kind of pray over each other and pour into each other. And it's just a good way to um, be authentic and create this authentic community centered around Christ. So from my understanding, you have now, um, and I, some of the things I've seen on Instagram, you've developed a platform when it comes to um, helping victims of abuse and a specific house bill. Can you talk about those things? Uh, yeah. So um, my husband is, he serves as our state representative in the uh, Texas Capitol. And 
uh, one of the things we were able to do, not this past session, but the one before in 2019 was extend the statute of limitations, the civil statute of limitations for victims of childhood abuse, child mm -hmm. abuse, whether it's sexual or physical. Um, it is, uh, so previously the statute of limitations, I think was 15 years and now it's after the bill, it's 30 years. And we were one of the only states that had not already done that because mm -hmm. the statistics are um, most victims of childhood abuse don't come forward until later, mm -hmm. um, later on in life after they've been removed from their abuser and they're not dependent on that after they have kids and somehow it makes you see more clearly what was mm -hmm. happening um, in your home or in your school or in your sporting life or, um, and so we just wanted to, if we know that to be true, we want to make room for that to happen. Um, and a culture of believing, uh, people, uh, when they come forward as well. So that's, we, we were really excited, um, and happy to have been able to get that done. That is great. That is such a, needed thing to happen because you're yeah. right um people don't come forward till later and yeah it's it's a hard process to walk through um i know yeah. i've experienced that and i know of so many other people who have so thank you so much for everything that you do and for being an outspoken um advocate now and for just letting people hear and read your story and uh, I know that really will help a lot of people. So thank you for doing that. Oh yeah. I hope, I hope so. I hope it will be an encouragement to others. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. What verses have kept you anchored while you're going through all those things and even now? Um, well, uh, in the Psalms for sure. Um, I think it's Psalm 46 where he says, um, God is our refuge and our strength, even though the mountains may fail and may fall into the heart of the sea. I will not fear because I know my God is my God. And I'm not quoting that exactly. That's like a paraphrase. Yeah. It's um, okay. <laughs> but um, one of the things that I realized when I was reading that verse was just the instability that the psalmist is talking about. Um, if the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, I will not fear because I know that my God is and it just makes me feel like the most stability, the most stable thing in my life or the thing that I thought was most stable was my family. Mm -hmm. And when the potential happened, you know, the possibility happened that it would fall, it would literally crumble and I would be left with nothing. I had to decide and pivot and believe that the Lord was going to be with me, even if that happened. Mm -hmm. Um and that he would still remain and be uh, the God that I know him to be. And mm -hmm. so that's always, you know, an encouragement to me. I know the Psalms, they just, the honesty behind the Psalms. Mm -hmm. I know we talked about that earlier. The honesty behind them, it's never like, oh, it's all good. It's all perfect. And it stays like that for all the verses. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So Again, I just want to, I just want to thank you again so much, Becky, for coming on, for sharing your story, for being so vulnerable and talking about the freedom that has come by sharing your story. 
Oh yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Gina. I hope that um, it is an encouragement to others, even if they're not going through the same type of struggle I walked through. I hope that um, everybody would understand that the Lord is who he says he is for them, not just for other people, but he really truly is true to his promises. And I've experienced, and I hope your listeners will as well. Thank you so much. How can they find you to um, get more encouragement. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Uh, well, if you go to beckyleach.com uh, slash links, L-I-N-K-S, and mm-hmm. um, it kind of has all of the quick links uh, to my Instagram, my uh, book, my blog, my art shop, and um, all of the links that you would ever need <laughs> to hear anything <laughs> um, should be right there in that little, in that landing page, which is so great. So beckyleach.com slash links, L-I-N-K-S, um, is really the best way to find whatever it is that you're looking for. And I hope that um, you would follow me on Instagram. That's where I like to hang out. It seems like a really fun, encouraging place right now for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, as opposed to like other platforms that, um, and I blog weekly. You can sign up for my newsletter. I send out a, a leech letter every week and just rounds up kind of what's going on. And, um, it's exciting. It's an exciting time. It's fun, um, season of life for me. So I'm just really thankful to be able to share with others. That was so good. And I will put all of the links in the show notes and guys, I will talk to you next week. Let me know what you think about this episode. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. I pray that you are leaving not only inspired and encouraged, but also challenged through the story of the person who was on. If you enjoyed today's podcast, head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Leave a five-star review and rating so that other people can find this podcast. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. And... Let's continue to share the true freedom that God brings. I love each and every one of you. God bless. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.